to make a rich, smooth cold brew. Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. All hit radio. Welcome to the X-Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Excellent Everyone. I am Rob McConnell. For the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and the Mutual Broadcast Network and, of course, Talkstar Radio Network. If you'd like to check out the programming that we have available for you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel on Simultv, simultv.com. And in the search engine, just type in Exxon. Speaking about uh, the Exxon TV channel, I'd like to welcome HD55 TV in Los Angeles, California to uh, our affiliate family. And over in India... We're hitting into 10 million homes on the Times Network as well. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Chris Flisher. He is a nationally recognized astrologer and accomplished artist, teacher, speaker, writer, and radio host. In an effort to fuse his skills, Chris draws on his deep knowledge of astrology to create individualized soul maps as well as healing mandalas. Astrology provides direct insight into the characteristics of the person, while the spiritual art of the Mandela reflects the tangible experience of the healing soul. Using these time-tested tools, Chris is able to guide people towards the fulfillment of their true purpose. He is always available for private astrology consultations. 
His website is chrisflisher.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-F-L-I-S-H-E-R.com. And Chris, welcome to the X-Zone. Hey, nice to talk to you, Rob. Thank you. Uh, Chris, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, you know, prior to coming on air, you were telling us that you were in a very controversial uh, episode of Trading Spouses way back when. Oh, I thought you knew that already. Okay, yeah. I was in a, it was a very unusual situation. I was in a uh, uh, reality TV show series mm-hmm. that happened because I responded to an email based on an astrology email list that I was part of that I would be, that list is a family that lived their lives with astrology. And so they queried us, my wife at the time, and I had a, a radio show, and we had that radio show, and it was called Love Talk USA. And in that radio show, we talked about a lot of different subjects, mm-hmm. and they liked us, so they picked us, and that was it. That's all there was to it. We got, you know, selected for the radio show, for the television show, rather. So what kind of television show was this? What happened in this television show, and what did you you and your wife do? Trading spouses, does that mean you traded your wife for somebody else? Uh, yep, for six days. Yeah, that's exactly right. Wow. And it did not work out. And it did not work out in my favor. So if you look up my name, Trading Spouses, you'll see it's called the Flisher Perrin episode. Anyway, it was a, it was a, I am a, a, a New England-bred, uh, 67-year-old sort of aging hippie. And yeah, my kind of guy. With a liberal, liberal, liberal minded. Uh-huh. And uh, the woman I was paired with was somebody from the south of the United States, Ooh. from Louisiana, who was a religious sort of uh, fundamentalist <laughs> zealot. So Sound, they it sounds like us together. Yeah, it sounds like fire and water, yeah. my friend. Well, it was it was more it was, yeah exactly it was fire and water. They smashed it together, uh-huh. and uh, we did. And what was very interesting was that they. We had to, uh, we were filmed on camera from the moment we woke up until the moment we went to sleep. Oh, my God. Everything we did. And uh, it was an interesting experience because, you know, everything is being out in the open. Mm-hmm. And I got along with it very well, actually. But the way they the way they edited it made it look like she really did not like me, which I was surprised at. But at the end of the day, I came out of the thing very fine. I was, I was perfectly honest. <laughs> I was myself. I had no regrets. It came out fine. But it's an unusual episode, nonetheless. So... Wow. But Trading that was spaces. all brought to me by because of astrology. And I'm an astrologer, uh-huh. and that's what I do. I have, it's just My website is turningofthewheel.com or com. I'm an astrologer. So I do astrology readings. I produce a weekly newsletter that goes out every week. Mm-hmm. I do a weekly podcast called Turning of the Wheel, and that's you can find that on, on iTunes or anyplace else. And um, I, I get interesting people on, much the way you are now yourself, to get talk about topics, big topics. You know, we are going through a very dramatic transition right now. We are going through the world, the world, the planet, everybody on this on the planet is having some major reconstruction in their lives of some sort, whether it be your job, your health, your family, whatever it may be, your friendships, mm-hmm. all of those are coming to a, somebody, and then the base, it's based on the signs. So not everybody's going to have the same situation. If you're an Aries, you have one situation. If you're a Taurus, you'll have something else. So it's individualized, but when you identify where that reconstruction, deconstruction, deconstruction, reconstruction is taking place, you have insight into where you have to put the work, and the work will reward you if you do the work. If you don't do the work, you're swimming against the stream. You're trying to swim upstream, much harder. You're better to go with the stream. So if something is inevitable, you got to sell your house, you got to do this, you got to do that. Accept that, move into it, and find the goodness at the end of it because you will find it there and the goodness it will be a reward 
That's the good news. So as difficult as it may seem now, it will be rewarding down the road. So, How, how does astrology work? Well, it's based on, a, it's, a, it's a very logical system, actually. It's mathematics, mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, it is a, you know, you take your natal chart. When you're born, you have a stat, you have what's called a static chart. So we know your birth date, your mm-hmm. birth place, your birth time. We cast a chart for that time. And that maps exactly where every planet was at a certain part of a person's life at that moment in time. That forms the essence, the underbody, the foundation of the individual. But that individual, those are its foundational tools. It's sort of like getting a brand new car, a brand new computer. You get it in, you turn it on, this is what it's got. It's got heated seats or whatever. This is the things that the, that the person has when they come into the planet. So they have these skills and assets and liabilities, I call them. And with those assets and liabilities, they can work to repair their liabilities and sort of play up their assets. And that's how you get through life. When you know what those mm-hmm. are, you can step into the thing very gracefully and feel comfortable. What happens, many people are, are guided certain ways because of guidance counselors in high schools or parents or relationships, wives, husbands. Yeah. Say, so go this way, go that way. It may not always work for everybody, but the truth is there. Then, after you've had that static chart cast, you bring that into the world of today, February 27, 2020, and you look at it and you see the interplay between the dynamic chart of the day and the static chart of the individual, and you begin to see the synergy of where people are in their lives, and it is accurate and it works. Now, you, you were saying in order to do this, to get the static chart, you need the person's um, place of birth, time birth of birth, date. and birthday. But birth. what happens if somebody is adopted and they don't know this information? Good question. Excellent question. Um, the problem, there's no problem with that. You do the best you can. You try mm-hmm. to get the birth date and your birth time, and then you try to do some, you know, ancestral research. You yeah. try to do some research to find out, to determine where that person was. And then if you can't find that, you look back at significant events in the person. So if somebody came to me, mm-hmm. and they were in their 30s, and they did, they were adopted, and they had no idea what time they were born, but they didn't know their birth date and their birthplace. They knew those two things. I could do what's called rectification, and that's where we, we back up the chart. We look at significant uh, time barriers, like seven years is a crucial time to Saturn, you know, square, Saturn opposition. Saturn is very important. We look at that, we look at Jupiter. When you look at those two things, so Jupiter's every 12 years, Saturn's every 28, 29 years, you look at those sequences through the course of a chart, and you can see when someone went through a hard time and how to rectify that. So you can determine it. It's, it's absolutely true even if you're adopted. But if you don't have the exact time and place of birth, how accurate will that chart be compared to the chart that you would do for someone who has their place of birth, date of birth, and time of birth? Good point. It will not be as accurate. It will not be as accurate. That's a perfect point to make. It will not be as accurate, but Mm -hmm. you'll get very close. And the thing about astrology is is it's a theme-based modality. So you've got to sort of enter into a realm or a thinking of, how do I approach this subject? How do I approach the subject of astrology? It's a very broad-based theme. So you've got to think big. You've got to think in terms of themes, not instantaneous. Astrology is not like, boom, you're going to win the lottery tomorrow. It's more like you've got this theme going on in your life that may last for five years, two years, three years, mm-hmm. six months, two months. But the theme is there. If you're apprised and aware of the theme, you can then respond accordingly, which is what you ideally want to do. But knowing that, is a key tool for success because you are 
sort of following your natural uh, uh, trajectory that you're supposed to follow that was dictated by <laughs> the universe. <laughs> gotcha. All right, stand by, Chris. You and I have to take our first break. Exxon Nation, Chris Flesher is our special guest. www.chrisflesher.com, and we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in uh, Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to get the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper, it went up earlier today at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com, and it is always with our compliments. Don't go away. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. It's amazing how you speak right to my heart Without saying a word You can light up the dark Try as I may I can never explain What I hear when you don't say a thing A smile on your face lets me know that you need me. There's a truth in your eyes saying you'll never leave me. The touch of your hand says you catch me wherever I fall. You say it best when you say nothing at all. And welcome back. Chris Flisher is our special guest at this hour, www.chrisflisher.com. Chris, why is astrology so popular? Well, I think it fills a natural void that is left by people uh, disregarding popular religions. I think that religion has not proved out to be that successful. Uh, we haven't found much there. We can't see much there that mm-hmm. makes us... You know, uh, like we don't, we can't see this stuff. So, and and there's been a lot of controversy around the church, and it, it just got slammed in some way. And so, I think there's a natural uh, diversion towards other out, out, outlets of spirituality, or what that may be, whether it be fate, whether it be you know uh, meditation, spirituality, whatever you may want uh, to uh, throw under the umbrella. They are all tools for finding a new way and a new uh, sense of purpose. Everybody needs a sense of purpose, regardless of who you are. We all need to know we are worth something to the world, whether that be raising children, mm-hmm. being an artist, being a radio host, being a writer, being an engineer, being a software guy, whatever it means. We all have to have a purpose. That's our identity. And if you, don't have any, you haven't got that, you haven't got anything. So it's important for us to realize that astrology has that 
quality to it that allows us to feel we are somebody with a certain gift. I think it's popular now because religion doesn't provide many answers, does it? Doesn't provide many answers. The answers are not there. They're sort of vague. They're very, you know, they're very clouded. There's no logic there. Whereas astrology, this has a mathematical construct to it that makes you feel like, hmm, okay, well, we're here now. We go, we endure this for a while, and then things get better or worse. <laughs> so, are you saying that astrology is more popular than religion? I would say that it. That's a good question. I would say that it um, is bending more towards astrology because people don't find much in religion. What is there in religion that gives you any hope? Have you ever, I mean, I'm not trying to be cynical, but I've never seen any evidence of the Holy Spirit working on my behalf. Oh, I have. You have? Well, yeah. good for you. Yeah, I have many times. Direct correlation. Yep. How so? Well, maybe it's because I believe. Just like those who believe in astrology are able to see the correlation in their lives. Because isn't it isn't life based on belief? Well, I would agree that life is based on belief. Mm -hmm. But it's not a question of they can operate together, there's no question about it. You can have a religious faith and be very strongly avowed to that, there's no question about that. And you can also see the uh, logic behind the timing of events. So if you know a certain theme is going to recur or going to occur in your life, mm -hmm. you would want to be best prepared for that. So if you're prime, if you're, if you're, if the things work in a certain way, and this is very technical, I'm sorry, but if things work in a certain way where your timing is right for looking for a job, you'd want to be in search. You want to be full throated on with regard to looking for work. You know, you wouldn't want to be sitting on the sofa eating potato chips. You'd want to be up and out with your suit on, your resume ready to go. Well, of course, yeah. Or whatever it took, net, networking. So that timing is what astrology provides. That's what's so critical about it. Now, there's no reason why you can't believe that and have a spirit of some sort in your personal life. There's no reason why you can't have that. But doesn't it also depend on the will of the person, if they're lazy or not, whether they get the job or not? It's, you know, just like we used to have psychics on the show all the time, and I decided that they were so full of crap it wasn't even funny. You know, because mm -hmm. you get people calling up and asking the same questions, and it seems that the people who go to psychics or those who perform any type of divination art are, are really lazy people. They want to be led by the nose. They don't have the ability to... I agree. You I know, agree. To, to, to make any decisions on their own. And I feel very sorry for That's them. That's right. I think you're right. That is the same sort of psychological uh, foundational uh, structure mm -hmm. that pervades much of the people who are blind followers. A blind follower is somebody, is this, this is, you make a very good point. Thank you. I'm glad you brought this up. Blind followers are those who follow because it's easy. There's mm -hmm. not everyone who wants to stand up and say, I have, I've got intellectual thought about this. My mind is stimulated by a certain event. This has to do with people who are trying to find their way but have no guidance. So they default to having been being told. It's kind of like being a lemming. We've heard that phrase. Being a blind follower is I will take this person's word right or wrong, and they become immersed in that sort of, it's a Kool-Aid, that's a, Cliche, yeah. but that's, you know, they drink the Kool-Aid, yep. and they fall into that victim, and then maybe all their answers are there. This is something that happens. I've always thought this. I don't mean to me any disrespect to the military, but the military is like that. You're given orders where to go. You're given clothes. Mm -hmm. You're given food. You're told what to do. There's a certain 
comfort in that. And I know there's many brilliant people out there who are in the military, and I salute them dearly. I love them all with all my heart. I thank them all for my ser- for their service. But I'm saying something about that construction of a sort of that structure, you've got to do this at a certain time. 6.15, you are here. 7.15, you are here. Mm-hmm. There is comfort in that because there's no intellect involved. I think it goes a lot further than that, Chris. What they're taught in the military is how to follow orders. And, and a regiment is required in order to, to go into battle. Have you ever been part of the military or any law enforcement agency where you need to have this structure? No, not at all. And I do love them for what they do. I've never, I've no, I, my own experiences with them have only been positive. Mm-hmm. I've never had any experience. Yeah. It's a wonderful situation. I think they are heroes of the highest order. There's no question about that. But I'm saying, I'm trying to think of this in a much bigger picture. This is a intellectual discussion, not a, a tactical. We're not down in the roots here. People who do this for a work and they are, and they are loyal and they do a fantastic job. I love them with all my heart. I would support them to the nth degree. What I'm saying is that at the intellectual level, there's a certain type of mindset, which is just based on the astrology of the person, that has a different focus on how to solve problems on a different basis. So this is why variety is the spice of life. I mean, it really is there. I mean, having, this, having a wide array of people involved in the conversation does make it easier. But I'm saying, mm-hmm. as a general rule, we are all going through a difficult time right now. And that's to be expected somewhere in our lives, something is very unpleasant or challenging. Okay, so how can an astrologer help that? Well, I would identify where the problem is. It's like, you know, you walk into the doctor and you say, oh, doctor, I ache. Well, where do you ache? Mm-hmm. <laughs> your knee, your elbow, your, you know. I can identify the area of the life where the transition or the where the um challenge is happening the happening the challenge is happening and everybody's part of it, and everybody has a part of their life where the challenge is happening right now very severe meaning a sort of a rewrite of a old script so there's a script that's out there and you've got to rewrite the script and it's got to be re, and it's going to be a new application of an old story so you take the one story like living in a house for a long time you move that story to a different house it's going to be uh, it's the same story but it's different different setting Stage setting, like it's like a, like an in the uh, in act, you know, in stage, in stage setting, Broadway, wherever. But then people are going through these changes in their lives. They've got to accept that, and if they accept that and go, if they fight against it, they will be brought down with it. You've got to accept the changes, wherever they may be, whether it be relationships, jobs, house, family, friends, creativity, children. All these things are changing. Mm-hmm. They're all in flux based on the dynamics of the individual chart. When you accept that, you find a way through it. You, find, you sort of have a negotiation in some way. You say, hmm, this is my situation. I've got this to deal with. I've got all this to deal with. How do I make this work? You find a way to negotiate, and you find a way through. It's knowing that is a critical piece of getting through this difficult times away. But can't people do that on their own without going to an astrologer or another member of the divination world? Uh, they could, they can, they could, they can. They can find it out on their own, which is what would be the desired effect. I'm find sorry? Find it out on your own, just work, find it out on their own, just work it through. Yeah, they don't need any outside help, to be honest. But some people are not as adept as others, not, they're not as perceptive. If you know where the challenges are, you just accept them and you go for it. But that's the good news. If there's a challenging part of your life, and we all have this, 
and you know there's a part of your life that's challenging, you just plod on through and you make it right. That's all you just plod on through. And it may be unpleasant, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be better for everybody. All right. Having said that, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. And Exonation, if you'd like more information about Chris, visit his website, chrisflisher.com. That's www.chrisflisher.com. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, Exonation, the X Chronicles newspaper for February, March is now available with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Without saying a word, you can light up the dark. Try as I may, I can never explain what I hear when you don't say a thing. The smile. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Chris Flisher is our guest this hour, and he is a nationally recognized astrologer and accomplished artist, teacher, speaker, writer, and radio host. His website, chrisflisher.com. Chris, what is the history of astrology? Who invented it? Nobody invented it. I'm still uh, loving that. I'm still loving that song. You didn't have to be nice. One of my favorite songs of all time. Anyway, um, seriously, it was a great song. I love. Always loved that song. Um, it got me jazzed up. Uh, astrology was not invented. It was sort of evolved. It was. It came up from an area of uh, between uh, in actually in the was probably four years ago because of the amount of data that, that is available to the astrologer. Sure. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah, I think it's a good recollection of that. Yeah. I think that's very true because you think about it, it's, you know, the difference between, you know, if it's sort of a digital thing. It's a digital computer thing. When computers first came out, you know, you know, eight bit was one thing, 16 bit, 32 bit, 64 bit. The more data that's crammed in there, the richer the experience is, the richer the uh, outcome is, the more precise you can be with regard to uh, people's uh it's just more data, so you can draw on more. But, you know, it's very simple to understand. You understand, right? Um, we're, we're getting a lot of noise from your end, and my producer... I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, okay. I can move my microphone. Thank you. Is it... Um, how about for kids? Is astrology a good idea for, idea for children? And if so, how? Uh, I wouldn't say so much for children. I would say for teenagers... 
Um, if a if a kid comes into a guidance account, if he's a you know a junior or senior in high school, mm-hmm. and he's going to um, his guidance counselor, there would be a very valuable ex- exercise because I've had clients have come to me and have had experiences where they were pushed into a certain occupation, either by their family or something, some some sort of societal you know, outside interference, pushed them into an occupation that they couldn't stand, but they did it. And then when they realized what they really wanted to be, they went and did that and they were so much more happy. But so there's that concept, you know, of people being told what to do when they are doing. So So do you think uh, astrology would be a good tool for somebody who's into human resources? Um... Yeah, but that's, you know, that's sort of, that gets to be kind of invasive, I guess. That's why people don't do it. I wish there was uh, something they could do. I've had people, um, you know, CEOs of big companies contact me and say, um, if I were to use this and I knew all this birth data, what would I be able to, could I, could I pick people I wanted to hire? And I said, well, yeah, actually you could, depending upon what you want and the job that you want. But you're getting into that area of sort of, you know, um, interference. How? I mean, there's so much, there's so much information in the astrology chart about an individual. It's mm-hmm. kind of like your DNA. That's what it comes down to. So knowing that much information about a person and a time and a place, you can really gather quite a bit about an individual. So yeah. someone could make a decision about hiring somebody based on their astrology. Yes. But why is it invasive? Well, you're asking them for very personal information and you're going to run it through a filter but if they're applying for a job, it says at the bottom of most applications that, you know, you're, you're permitting the employer to do background investigations and to verify the information. So what would be so invasive about doing an astrological chart to see if this person, you know, is, would be an asset or a hindrance to your company? Hmm. No, I see your point. Um, I, I don't. I, I personally don't think there's any problem with it yeah. at all. But I think that people would object to it. I think people the, 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 somehow the mass, um, the public, I think would object to it. I think, I think they'd find it invasive. Right? It's not. We're not giving. You're not asking for your social security number. You're asking for your, the time you were born and the, your birthday, and your and that's it. And I think it's incredibly valuable information because you can learn something about a person so quickly. Character traits are there, and their strengths and you know, as their liabilities and assets are both there. Strengths and weaknesses are there, very, very evident. And you gain so much more. You know, one hour of an astrology reading, you could gain six months' worth of therapy just because you'd know where someone was and where the problems were. Isn't that kind of invasive itself? Because you're saying that well, it's like therapy? How do, how do, how do you correlate is. that? How do you correlate that an astrologer being a, a therapist? It's exactly the same because we're talking about personality, assets, and liabilities. We're talking about personal trauma. We're talking about personality traits. Uh-huh. You can see it's all very clearly evident in the astrology chart. That astrology is a derivation of psychology. As a matter of fact, astrology probably predated psychology as a study because it does bring out these qualities in an individual. You can see them there. It's, it, has to, it has to do with interpretation. If you know how to understand a chart, mm-hmm. you know how to read it, you can say, you can see what a person has an affinity for. I mean, I've done this, I've, I've been, I was always a skeptic, okay? I was okay. always a skeptic. For years I was a skeptic, but I kept trying and trying and trying. People would call me up on the radio show from across the country talking to me, and I would say, I know three things about you, and boom, I could tell something about them. That in itself is very re- revealing, I think. That's a valuable tool. Just knowing that 
is something that's worthwhile. When you drill down and get more complex and you get more information out of it, it's even more valuable. What has been the, uh, how did you get involved in astrology? I got in, involved in astrology. I was about, uh, I was a young guy in Boston. I was probably 21, 22, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, working at a place and someone who just started that day happened to sit down with me at lunchtime in the cafeteria. <laughs> and we started talking and she asked me if I knew my birth information. I did, so I gave it to her. And the next, about three or four days later, she came back in with a bunch of uh, handwritten notes about who I was. And she was so accurate, I was stunned, actually. It, was, it kind of stunned me. I was like, wow, this is like exactly who I am. And from that moment forward, I was fascinated by it. It's just, it's just, there's something about it that is so revealing, especially when it comes to timing of events. When it comes to timing events, especially big life events, you can see these big life events stacking up. You know, Saturn return, Jupiter return, these bigger planets coming to fruition. You see them play out in your life, and they are so accurate because of where you are in your time. It's just mark. It's a marker. It's a it's a, a tap of reality for where we are. That's what I would say. How long does it take you to complete a person's chart? Well, once I get the um, birth date, mm -hmm. birth place, and birth time. I can create a chart pretty quickly, but then I have to comb through it and look for all the aspects and look for all the different angles because astrology is a geometrical um, science and art. And so in the geometry, we see the natural order of the cosmos. It's all there. And though it sounds very woo-woo, but you've got to bear with me because in the, ge the, the angles, the 90-degree angle versus the 120-degree angle, you know, 90-degree angles is a square, Triangles 120 degrees. There's a difference. One is much more rigid and stable, and this is what the whole chart is all based on. It's all based on geometry. So it requires almost a lesson in astrology to understand it. But if you take that information and you then you translate that into a, into a language that's familiar for somebody and you interpret it the right way, which is what a perfect astrologer should do, they should be able to take this complex stuff, run it through their filter, translate it so it makes sense to the individual. Then they see, yes, this is exactly what's happening. Uh-huh, yep, I see that. And it does, it works. I mean, I've proven it works. It works. That's all I can say. <laughs> How did you prove it worked? Well, by empirical data. Um, if you have people calling you up, okay, here's a couple examples. Okay. So I had this radio show for a long time on Coast to Coast Radio. And I would have people called in from across the country. All, all, people called in all the time. Mm -hmm. And they would ask for a reading. I, I, did a, you know, I, I did the first half of the show would be talking about some sort of astrological subject. Second half, they'd open up the phone lines for readings. You open, mm -hmm. open up the phone lines, and they called in with a birthday, place, and time. I'd cast a chart very quickly on my computer, see that, give them a five-minute spiel, two-minute, 30-second spiel, whatever, of what they were like. And they would be they'd like, oh, my gosh, yes. But the most revealing time, was when somebody gave me the wrong birth time. They would say a.m. versus p.m. And so I ran the chart one way, and they said, no, that's not me at all. This was live on the air. And they'd say, no, that's not me at all. It can't be. No, 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 it can't be me. And I'd say, you sure the birth time is right? And she'd run back and say, oh, it's p.m. So I re-ran the chart, and all of a sudden, boom, things began to click into place. And then she said, mm -hmm. oh, now we know. So that sort of uh, experiment proved, and that was proven again and again by people who had called into my show. So it was a wonderful forum for understanding how accurate and uh, 
complete astrology. You 